All righty. Hey, guys. Welcome to this bonus episode. So today I'm going to be talking generally about the Azores. But <laughs> I don't know why I have to say it like that. But more so just about like traveling and how I book the best deals, how you guys can make it a point to travel because it's not as expensive as you think. So let me jump into it. Um, so the reason I chose the Azores, I follow this company. Um, it's called Scott's Cheap Flights. So you subscribe to them. I think it's like 70 or 100 bucks for the whole year. And they basically just flood your inbox, your email with cheap flights from the airports that you put. So for the Azores, for example, normally it's like 700, 800, something like that per ticket, um, especially because I'm going in July, which is like peak summertime, peak travel time. Um, and I got an email about tickets that were like $500, which doesn't sound that cheap. Um, but compared to $800, you know, that's almost half off. Like that's a really good deal. Plus with my travel credit card that I've talked about in previous episodes, I had a lot of points saved up on there just for spending, you know, normal stuff that I would anyway, gas, groceries, all that stuff. So when I combine that together, I got each ticket for about $300, which is literally what some people pay just to go to California or another state. And I'm going, you know, to Portugal. Well, it's off the coast of Portugal. Um, so when you look for flights, just the time period, obviously, like September and May are normally the cheapest times of the year to travel internationally, at least. So I always start by looking at those times, you know, especially if you don't have something like Scotch Cheap Flights that looks for you. Um, but just keep checking. Like it's a constant thing. Like I've seen flights be $200 on a Monday and on a Tuesday, they're like 70. So it really takes a lot of like hard work on your part just to constantly check, you know, set like reminders. Just I literally have a tab open with Google Flights on at all times. Like it's just, it's kind of like my happy thing to do. I just kind of look at flights. I'm like, oh, where can I go for cheap this time? So for flights, which is honestly the most expensive part of any trip, that's what I would recommend. If you can't, you know, get something like Scotch Cheap Flights, which is 100% recommended by me. I mean, it's it saved me literally hundreds of dollars. Like it pays for itself tenfold. So even if you book one trip in that year, it already pays for the amount that you spent on it. So, um, so that's the big thing with flights. Um, when you get there, so for stays um, – Again, it completely depends on the person. I am not bougie when it comes to staying. I view a hotel or like a room as literally where I'm sleeping for that night. I really could give two shits about, you know, the state of it or what, you know, pros a hotel has about it. Um, as long as it's not honestly like gross, like, you know, like one star, like rat infested or something like that. But the amount of places I've stayed in and hostels, like I, I really love hostels. I believe in them. And I mean, there's good hostels, there's bad hostels. Like you're, you're going to get those horror stories that people talk about. Like, oh, I had a terrible experience. Yeah, well, people have had terrible experiences with hotels too. I mean, cue Kayla's last bonus episode. You know, like it just, it happens. So as long as you're doing like a lot of research, I really recommend reading reviews. I do that for every single place I stay in, every single event that I do. I'm always looking at the reviews. And, you know, there's going to be some people that are just there to complain. There's a bunch of Karens in the world. But overall, you can kind of like read through them and really like make an educated decision on which ones are good. Um, so Hostel World is a really good uh, website. It's also an app. So I downloaded that on my phone. 
And whenever I know I'm going somewhere, like with the Azores, for example, I'm flying into Ponta Delgado, which is like the main airport there on one of the islands. So I immediately put that into Hostel World and I got back like 15 different hostels and they're all really highly rated. So, you know, I've been scrolling through that. I haven't booked a hostel there yet um, because I'm still kind of like doing my own research on it, but I definitely will book one from there, um, you know, in a couple of weeks once I'm fully in the process of planning everything. Um, so that's a really good place. If you do want to splurge a little bit and you want to do hotels, again, I think Google is the best resource. You know, you can just type in hotels in Ponta Delgado, wherever you're going, and a whole list will come up. You can read the reviews. You can see how much it'll cost for that time period. Um, so it's just a lot easier. I think search engines have made it a lot easier and more accessible to travel. So I would really like just recommend just going through there, do a little bit of research. You know, it'll take maybe an hour or two to like really gather a lot of info, but it's going to make your, you know, experience that much better. And you'll be able to experience a lot more by doing it that way. Um, When I went to DR, for example, like we stayed um, in an Airbnb, two Airbnbs for half the time, but we also stayed in an all-inclusive, which ended up actually being like cheaper than the Airbnb. So again, it depends on the place. Um, like all inclusives in certain countries like Mexico, DR, a lot of the Caribbean are super cheap, super inexpensive, especially when you think about combining, you know, your hotel plus all the food that you're getting plus the unlimited alcohol. A lot of times that's way cheaper than if you were to do all of that separately. So if you're going to someplace like that, I would probably lean towards, you know, an all inclusive or something like that, at least for some of the time, just so you can get that experience. But, um, but other than that, Airbnbs are obviously a great resource. Um, hostels, things like that are really the way to do it. Also, a really big thing I like about Airbnbs um, is that a lot of times they're, you know, they're owned by local people that are from there. So they really go out of their way to make it like a local experience. So when we were in DR, we stayed in a bungalow that was like in the middle of nowhere, like surrounded by fruit trees. It was beautiful. And you wouldn't have that type of experience with a hotel, you know, and like I messaged the lady beforehand. I was like, please give us recommendations, like, you know, really make use of that because you're paying them the service. So why not get all the information that they have out of it anyway? Um, And I actually just did book um, an air. Was it an Airbnb? Yeah, it was an Airbnb for one of the islands we're staying in for the Azores. Um, And it's on a farm. So that's what I really love about Airbnb too. They're all different. You know, you can get a bungalow in one country. You could get a castle stay in another country. I'm staying on a farm like with fresh herbs and stuff that you can pick and like make meals with on the farm. So it's just a little bit different. And it's, I don't know, that's my type of thing. If that's your type of thing, then I would look into that. Um, And then when it comes to transportation, so the rental car industry has actually become very expensive, especially since COVID, just because of, you know, a lot of the rental car agencies had to sell off a lot of their stock when people weren't traveling. They didn't want to sit on all these empty cars. Um, a lot of people, you know, there's just a lot of factors at play there, you know, with supply chain and all that jazz. So um, so depending on where you go, it might be very expensive to get a rental car. So at that point, if it's like a small island, you might not need one. You know, you could just probably rely on taxis. Like if you're going to Jamaica or something, you know, you might not necessarily need one. I am a very big person on having your own car, though, because there's so much to countries that you wouldn't even see if you didn't have your own car. 
And just to be on your own time schedule and not have to rely on like public transportation or rely on somebody else, rely on a taxi service. I think having your own car and being able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, I think that's a big part of traveling that just makes it like such a good experience whenever we do it. Um, So if you can get a rental car, if it's not too expensive, I would definitely go for that. If they are very expensive, try Turo, T-U-R-O. It's basically like an Airbnb for cars. So they have an app. They have a website. I've actually used it twice now, and I've had such a great experience both times. Um, When we went to Yellowstone, so we talked about that a couple episodes back, um, I looked at the rental cars, and they were just ridiculous. It was like $1,400, $1,500 for the week for a car. And obviously I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to pay this, but being in a national park, you really do need your own car just to drive around and like see everything. So I ended up getting a better car, a bigger car, better on gas because it was a Prius. Um, and I got it on Toro for 700 for the week. So we're talking like half the savings or half the price for a better car. You know, it was a newer car too, I think. So Toro is a really, really good resource. I know a lot of people are kind of sketched out about it just because it's, you know, I mean, it's somebody else's car. You don't know if it's going to break down. Do they take care of it? But it's a really, really good resource. I've had nothing but great experiences so far. Um, We did do it again in DR because same thing, rental cars were crazy expensive and we got a bigger car that could fit way more space and stuff like that for cheaper. Um, So that's a really, really good resource. So that's for transportation. Um, And then in terms of things to do there, so in the Azores, I've been kind of looking around. Um, Again, I'm still in the planning phases, but they have a really big like whale watching phenomenon over there because they are in the middle of the Atlantic. And it's kind of like a stopping point for a lot of whales that come from Europe and over to the US, like from Canada going back and forth. Um, So we definitely are going to do whale watching. I've been researching a bunch about different whale watching companies. Again, reviews are really high rated. Um, I read the reviews for every single company I want to do a tour with just because I want to see, you know, I want to see what other people have to say about it and like, who's the best tour guide, things like that. So we're going to be doing that. Um, When you're deciding what to do in a certain country, I would just like, again, Google best friend. I would just Google, you know, top 10 things to do in Jamaica, top 10 things to do in France, whatever, wherever the region is, you're going to be, just look that up because a lot of really cool places that, you know, sometimes are touristy, obviously, because they're touristy for a reason, right? It's probably a good place. Um, But there's also going to be a lot of lesser known things because there's so many travel influencers and things like that nowadays that will post like, this is little known, you know, like, here's a good place to go. Um, And a lot of people that kind of find stuff you know, we'll, we'll post about that online. So it's a really good resource. You can look up that. Um, and that's kind of how I do it for the most part. I just kind of look up like top things, top 10 things to do there. And then I'll even go more specific and I'll say like, you know, unknown things to do in Iceland or whatever, just like, so, you know, like you get the best of both worlds. You can get the touristy stuff, but you can also get the lesser known stuff. Um, and then, yeah, so basically you just have to do a lot of research. I mean, it is a lot of work. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like it, it takes, I've, when I go on a trip, I probably spend collectively about four hours, like looking up, you know, the different travel restrictions, the different hotels I can go to, the different things we do. Um, but it really makes for like such a well-rounded trip. 
because I never want to go to a place and just sit on a beach or like sit at a resort. I think you could do that in the place that you're in. I think you're traveling to another country to experience that country. So try and do the most local things you can find, you know, meet the local people, eat the local food. Even if you don't like it, hey, you can say you tried it. And that's a big thing. Like you don't have to like everything you try, obviously, because you're not raised in that environment. But at least give it a try. Don't ever say no to something just because it's unfamiliar to you. Um, and yeah, I think I hit everything. I don't know. Kayla, do you have anything to say on this? <laughs> Any questions? No? All right. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much just how I do it. It's a lot of research. Um, hopefully the resources I said are, you know, will help you guys. Um, definitely look up, you know, the the websites that I talked about, like Hostel World, Turo, all those places. And if you ever have any questions, please reach out to us. Um, we're really good about replying back on our Instagram and, you know, our blogs and all that. So definitely reach out if you have any questions. I'd love to help. I really love people that have a love for travel, just like me. And other than that, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.
Thank you.